0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. And again, I still got a little time. We, we just flipped the service. I love it. I've, I've never done that before. That was really fun. <laughs> but we're starting a new sermon series, and I'm really excited about it. The sermon series is called The Culture Code. The Culture Code. And the idea here is that culture in in a group of people, it really dictates the the overall outcome. Culture, if you're a business person, you know if you lead a business that the culture of your office is everything for the productivity of what happens. And so we have a culture here at Awaken Church, and we're going to just unlock a little bit because if you're new, you might be thinking what I thought 10 years ago when I found Awaken, this is different. (laughs) <laughs> that was my initial first thought, but I kind of liked it. I was a little nervous. I was a little, I was a little like, Are you, "Can you can you get this excited about church? Is that allowed?" It was it was a culture shock for me. Okay, and so I wanted to explain a little bit of what we believe and why we believe it, and why the fruit of of this tested culture in our church is caused what it has caused. I mean, you are part of a massive movement. I forget the exact numbers, but last week alone with Easter and Hero, I think it was like ten or 13,000 people walked through Awakened Doors and got impacted. God is on the move here, and that is because He is welcomed here. So one thing about our culture is we welcome God here. We welcome Him. When the, when we, when the person doesn't matter, it's not about the person, but when somebody gets up here on this pulpit and shares the Word of God, we will cheer, we will clap, we will lean in, we will shout them down. Why? Because the Word of God is being shared. Because we're going to be reading from the Bible, which, by the way, babe, could you hand me my Bible and notepad right there? I do need those. (laughs) So we cheer and we champion the Word of God, and the person bringing the Word of God um, and so that's just—that's not even my message. That's a freebie. You're welcome. Okay? So we also have a culture of leaning in, shouting down, and taking notes. There's science behind that. When you lean in, you, re- you remember more. And I need to get as much of the Word of God in me because it, uh, Pastor Phil Pringle says, it's like putting buoyancy in your soul. So no matter what the devil tries to dump on you like a cork, you can take a cork all the way to the bottom of the ocean there's only one way that thing's going to go because of the buoyancy and so the Word of God is buoyancy in our soul, it keeps us alive, it keeps us awake as we face Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday because we have Wednesday night every other night, so that's good, but you know Friday, Saturday, and then boom, right back here and I also encourage you in, in this house we have a culture of you becoming a self feeder if, if 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 me for twenty minutes or pastor vince or or uh Mr. Bogle, bringing that offering message today. Wow, that was amazing, buddy. I'm so proud of you. If one, if you're relying on just that once a week, you're you're not you're not feeding enough. I mean, I doubt very many of us only eat once a week. And if you do, let's talk because you have amazing discipline, but that's not healthy. <laughs> so my title, of my message today, is called the Church Matrix. I'm going to take it back a little bit. I hope everybody has seen the movie The Matrix, right? Come on. Let me just tell you, for those of you who are, like, in your young 20s, when that movie came out, it changed, like, everything. I think I saw it, like, 16 times in the movie theater. Slow motion what became the thing. <laughs> and so, but it's such an epic movie, and I actually want to show a little clip from it because it kind of sets up my message today. So, real quick. For those of you who haven't seen it, you can go watch it uh, when you get home, but most of us will remember this scene because it's an epic scene.
1: Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church
0: Come on, come on. I love me some Keanu Reeves. You guys can cut it. Thank you. There it is. Yeah, why not cheer for the Matrix? Man, if I could talk like that guy, I would say Welcome to church. Okay, that's terrible. The Church Matrix. See, there there there's something when I and I'm going to speak from a place of when I found this church. Because I grew up in church culture. All right, I was a, what you call like a, a pew jumper. Uh, I, I, I used to take naps in church. My parents, I'm a second generation Christian. So I was always in church. But when I came to this church, it felt like I was almost in an alternative reality. And understanding like what we really have access to. And that, that comes from the culture in this church. And as we all know, there's definitely a culture war in our country right now. We have a massive culture war, and the answer is found here in the churches of America. But our culture, our culture of the, of the word is so key. And so today, I'm going to just share a little bit of what makes Awaken different. Not, I, you know, I haven't been to every church, so I'm just going to speak to what makes us unique and different is very first off, we have a culture of discipleship here. So, yeah, we see the Holy Spirit move, and we, we see miracles, signs, wonders. And we also, as we believe and see and press into that, we believe that when Jesus said in the Great Commission, go out and make disciples, that he meant that. That discipleship was the goal. And I, I love evangelism. I, by nature, I love getting people saved, but Jesus didn't say, go out and make converts. He said, go out and make disciples, disciples, discipleship. We have a culture of discipleship here. And, um, you know, there's this word going around that has been kind of robbed from us, and I, and I really hate it. It's tolerance, okay? Like, I've just began to detest that word. The, the woke has really tried to own that word. And the definition of tolerance is this. Sympathy or indulgence for beliefs and practices differing from or conflicting with one's own. Now, I can get down with sympathy. I totally understand. And at this church, we, you can come in however you are. We will welcome you with open arms. We will hug you. We will love you. There is no one too far gone from coming into this church and getting to worship with us and be loved by us. But, but... This humanistic idea that, you know, that we all have our own truth, the indulgence of that, you're not going to find here. You're not going to find here, and I'll I'll go dig deeper into this, so if this is offensive to you, understand that I'm not done. Let me finish, okay? (laughs) Let me finish, and I know it's not popular speech, but it's truth. See, Proverbs puts it like this find it here. Proverbs 14.12 says this, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. Look, I have a lot of friends. I grew up in a small country town called Oakdale, California, and literally what you had to do was figure out how to have fun because there was pretty much nothing but cows and almond orchards there, okay? And so we would create fun things to do as teenage boys. Some of those things, Not very many, but some of them were productive and good. A lot of them were incredibly stupid. (laughs) Okay? And anyone with half a brain could have spoken and said, hey, that's probably not going to lead down a very good road. But we are so afraid in this culture to tell someone that, hey, what you're doing, I know it seems right, but the fruit of it is destroying your life. And Jesus came and he confronted people. Look, he loved people and he healed people. And then he confronted the girl caught in adultery. First, he loved, he protected, he covered her shame, got all the judgment off. And then he said, Go and sin no more. He said, Don't do this anymore because it's ruining your life. And so we, have a, we, we are loving here. But I just, I, the tolerance word, it's not that, it's love. Because true love confronts. I love my boys, my three- and four-year-old boys, so sometimes I spank them. Oh, gosh, sorry. I know, I'm pushing all the red hot buttons today. But I do because either I'm going to do it out of love or some huge 200-pound, 250-pound massive dude is going to do it in prison, right? So I've got a choice. (laughs) Okay, I've got a choice. Either I'm going to protect them and make sure that they know how to operate, forgive me, Jesus, operate... In a society, and when they get to school, they'll make friends because they don't hit p- kids, they don't bite, they know how to share. That's my job as a father. I discipline my boys because I love them. And so we have a discipleship program here. And I'm going to just share three quick points on what that look like, what that looks like here at this church. So like I said, when you get here... You are going to be like, oh my gosh, these people, they love me. They give me hugs. They're asking me to like hang out. I'm getting invited to lunches. I'm getting invited to barbecues. You're going to feel so welcome. And it's true. It's genuine. We do love you. And as you come into the fold and you know, go to DNA, DNA, by the way, is today, right after service, we'll buy you lunch. So if you're new or haven't been, go. I, I Just go. It is a phenomenal course, and it digs a little deeper into what I'm talking about today. So... Uh, But eventually, you know, and with obviously your permission. So here's the deal. We don't force people to grow. But we call you to step into everything God has for you. But you've got to come into agreement. You've got to say, yeah, I'd like that. So I would like that. So once you've said, yes, I want to reach my full potential in Christ, I want to be discipled, here's what things are going to start to look like. First point. You will be challenged on your beliefs that don't line up with the Word of God. You will be challenged on it. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17 says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the Bible gives us a standard to live for, to live by. Now, we have, thank goodness, we have the grace of Jesus Christ. Because just like a toddler doesn't just, or a baby doesn't one day just get up and run a mile, we learn how to walk this out. So there's tons of grace for you as you're learning to walk this out. But we do want to see you walk in the fullness of what God has for you. And the Bible dictates what we believe, we don't let our experience interpret our, our, create our interpretation. We let our interpretation bleed into our experience. So I pray for people to get healed. I've seen it happen many times. Sometimes I haven't, but when, it, when I don't see it happen right away, I don't let that change my theology because Jesus said that when we go out and preach the word of God, that these signs will follow me, that I will see the sick get healed, demons cast out. He said it's going to happen. So I don't get the liberty to have one bad experience and then change my theology. And so we're going to challenge you. When, I, when we hear things like, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to fo- afford a house, I'm going to challenge you. That The Bible says that the generous soul shall prosper. That's why we preach on giving every week, because if there's one area where we need constant encouragement, it's to remember that we trust God as our provider, not manna, right? So we're going to challenge you when you hear things. We're going to challenge things. uh, I remember when I got to church here at Awaken, there were some things that triggered me because of my religious kind of upbringing, I remember one time a preacher said the word of God in your mouth is the same of the word of God as the word of God in Jesus' mouth. <gasps> Blasphemy. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, "Whoa, hey, wait, 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 what? You you taking that?" But then I'm like, "Okay, that that challenged me in this false humility kind of way. And I was being like, oh, I'm a lowly worm, and Jesus is great. And look, he did everything for me, but at the same time, he did everything for me. And now I'm a child of God, and now I'm a prince, and now I can go for it. And so I went, and I read, and Jesus did say that. He said, you will do even greater things than I've done. Oh, dang, they're right. Challenged me. Um, we've been accused, and I, and I heard this about our church when I first got here. Oh, that's the Wealth and Health Church. The Wealth and Health Church. Like, who would want that? <laughs> ah, it's disgusting. I want the broken, sick one. <laughs> look, look, I get it. I, gr- I grew up, and it's like, you know, and I remember the greatest, greatest paradigm shift Pastor Jurgen talked about hit. Somebody, a pastor confronted him, said, oh, man, you guys, you're driving in your new car. There's starving kids in Africa, you know, and and just getting on him, doing that religious thing that I kind of had in my spirit, and um, <clears throat> you know, the question is, okay, well then, how much is too much? How much is too much prosperity? How much is too much blessing on your life? And the guy responded, Pastor Irig, you should have just enough. And Pastor Irig's response was, just enough for who? That sounds like a pretty selfish story. Yeah. Just enough for who? The Good Samaritan had enough money to pay the hotel and hospital bills for an extended stay for a guy that got beat on the side of the road. I'm sorry, but the broken sick church can't do that. Okay? The healthy church can buy campuses and buildings where Jesus will be praised all across this valley. The broken sick church can't do that. You got a backyard filled with Fun things for kids to play with I had an amazing dinner with Ben and Amy just beautiful couple couple here. But when I was blown away, my boys were living their best life. They were in this backyard with a trampoline and chickens and sticks and everything they I mean they were they were living their best life but you know why they were able to experience that joy is because this guy works hard every day. And what operating the blessing and works for a huge company. And get ma- they made his, their own department basically around him because of his gifting. See, the blessing is the overflow. We need to bless the people around us. So let's not be selfish. Let's believe God for what he has. And if you're worried like, oh, yeah, but if I get into that, uh, I'll become greedy. It's really simple. Give. Tithe. Give some vision builders. Givers can't greed and greeters can't give. Greeters, not greeters. Greeters are nice people. <laughs> Greedy people can't give. So we're going to challenge you because the Bible says it. Another thing we're going to challenge is this whole woke idea of your own truth. You know, do what's right for you. You know, like if we see you, I'll talk to maybe some of the ladies. If you're in a connect group and we, and you bring over this guy you're dating and, oh, man, his, his biceps have biceps and like he's just ripped. <laughs> And it's like, you know, just abs on abs. and, and But he's a jerk. Like, you're going to have your connect group leader. Hey, hey, sweetheart. He's a, he's, I almost said a bad word. He's a not good guy. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. We're going to tell you. And you say, well, but, but I love him. I love his biceps, you know. But, but you, you know, you say, oh, I have these so, so strong feelings. Okay, okay. Well, it's going to hurt. Like, let us help you here. Get, like, if he, wa- if he really wants you, walk away. Tell him to get his butt to church. And if he steps it up, goes to a connect group, and gets his life together, then we can revisit the subject. Okay? But you're worth it, girl. You're worth it. You can have the biceps and the Bible. Okay? You can have it all. Okay. So we're going to challenge you. Do you know the theme of the Satanic Bible? I'll leave at this point with this. The theme of the Satanic Bible is do what thou wilt. You know what that sounds a lot like? Find your truth. I'm sorry, Oprah. I'm sorry, Ellen, but I'm not buying that. There is a truth, and it, it God has such good gifts for you. He didn't put up these truths just like when I'm driving up the mountain here and I'm driving up to Alta, and you know there's sharp turns and they have these guide rails. Look, the view's beautiful, but I've never looked at those uh those blocks saving me from falling off a cliff and God, man, I I can't believe they put those up there. They're ruining my view. I just want to try up here not to see anything but nature. No, I'm like, thank you, because if I hit ice, that saves my life. The Word of God is exactly that. He's given you a blueprint. See, He made you, and then He gave you the owner's manual, how you can have your best life, how you can have a great marriage, how you can raise great kids. This is the blueprint. This is the instruction manual. He made you, and then He gave you an instruction manual. Your truth, Proverbs said it like that, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. His truth is what we were made to live in. Okay, point number two, cruising along. If I offended anybody, I love you. I'm just trying to walk the, wash the woke off you, okay? Because it is. <laughs> if you're basing your belief system on CNN, you're missing something. They're not selling the full picture, okay? Number two, we're going to, so the first one, we'll challenge. And you're like, okay, well, that was the tough point. Now now he will get to a nice, sweet point. The next one, we're going to break <laughs> patterns and cycles of dysfunction in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You see, <laughs> one of the things God really journeyed through with me with here was, you know, when I first got here. So let me explain something. That we're, we, we are okay with buttons being pushed here. So you'll get here, and you'll go to DNA today, and you'll learn, like, what it it looks like to start to step into this culture of discipleship, which is really simple. Join a connect group and get on a team, because that's how you begin to get community around you, okay? And then as you do that, here's what inevitably will happen. Stuff's going to come up. You're going to keep showing up late to the team you're serving on. Or you're going to keep saying, I'm too busy to go to connect group or, or something. You're going to, the stuff that you've been kind of like, like keeping hidden. Am I right? Am I right, Rich and Ruth? I mean, is this what happens at connect, right? Uh, the stuff you wanted to keep hidden because you don't want people to see, it just, you can't help it. You get in community and it, and it starts to come up. But we're not worried about that. We expect that. We expect that. And then we get to say, hey, is this maybe a, something you learned growing up that once again, that cycle isn't leading to life in your life. It's not leaning to true, deep, transparent, honest relationships. You know, you just jump. I mean, I, you know, bless your heart. But if you're new to our church and you look back at your track record and you're like, man, I'm just kind of I church hop and I keep going until somebody says something I don't like. And then I go to the next church and then I go to the next conference and I go to conferences until until I find a church that I like. And then somebody says something I don't like and boom, I jump churches again. If that's a pattern in your life, we want to break that off of you. Because the Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord prosper. So we want to break that off of you, and we're okay with getting in your mess because we want to break that dysfunction. Look, it was probably handed down generationally. I had to deal with it. I had this incredible desire to avoid pain when I first came to this church at all costs. No pain was my game, okay? I did not want to have pain, and it got to the point where, you know, like, There'd be pressures, there'd be serving, there'd be this, and things would begin to come up, and I would need to go numb them. So I had to walk through some generational stuff. I come from generations. My, the maiden name in our family is Clancy, Case okay, so we got some Irish going on there, and then uh, English. So basically, I just come from a long line of alcoholics, okay? And so I, I had to, <laughs> no offense, Rich, it's in our blood, dude, <laughs> It's in our blood. <laughs> and so I found myself needing to run when the pressures of life, when the pressures of church and the pressures of being a husband, I would run to go numb, and that, that got exposed. And I was horrified. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're, we got to get out of here. You know, people know I'm struggling. Duh, duh. But you know what? It was in that community that I got my healing, that I got my freedom. And so we're, we're there for you to break that off. And it's really easy. So here's how you can get to that. One, know that you will not be met with judgment here. You'll be met with love and truth. Love is we still love you. It doesn't matter if you messed up. Truth is you can get past this. You don't have to pass this on to your kids. What walks in fathers runs in children. So we can break generational curses that have followed our generational line. And we'll go there with you. So we have the Holy Spirit. We do Wednesday nights. We do uh, men's prayer on Tuesday mornings. Why are we doing all that? Women's prayer on Thursday. Because we want to get the Holy Spirit in there and just messing us up in the best way possible. Okay? But, you know, you can get... Uh, blasted and set free, but even the Bible says that when you cast out a demon or you have set free, if it is not replaced, they'll come back with seven other friends. So there's a, there's a pull on both sides of their attention. We The Holy Spirit can break off a generational curse, demonic oppression, can break it off in a heartbeat, but then in community, serving on a team here at church, so you're with people and they get to see how you're operating. Being in a connect group where you're honest and transparent and, and people that have journeyed a little further along can pray for you and, and help you get your victory. That's where the discipleship happens. And you need both. We live in attention. Jesus did mighty miracles, and then he took the 12 away, and he poured into them, and he talked to them. And when Peter would do something stupid, like pull out a sword and cut someone's ear off, he'd be like, yo, Peter, chill, heal the ear. He fixed the, and then he's like, hey, let's talk about that. That's not what we're doing here, (laughs) you know. And so God wants you to be in community. And let's be honest, it's kind of scary, and at first it can sometimes seem like an inconvenience. But I promise you, if you want everything God has for you, you need to be in community. Because let me ask you this, how do you know if you're deceived? By definition, you can't. So how are we going to get past deception? Other people. Other people are the key to seeing if we're deceived. Right? Man, and I'm preaching to the choir here. So, like let me tell you, obviously Pastor Jurgen, he's my pastor greatest pastor on earth. Love him so much. I also have Pastor Matt Hubbard as my pastor too. And I love him, man. He is amazing for me because he loves to just see where the chinks in my armor are. He tells me, he's like, sometimes I just ask you questions to see what I can get, if I can stir anything up. And he has, and I'll, 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 be like, I'll manifest. i manifest like, ah oh, I'm mad at you. He's like, and he doesn't get mad at me. He's like, oh, there it is. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, and thank God for a pastor who loves me enough to get me rattled. I maybe even manifest a little, come at him. And then he just, he's like, ah, there it is. Let's pray. calm down. Okay, you're right. (laughs) So you want those people in your life. If you've gone to church for a whole year and nothing's offended you, I challenge you, are you listening or is it the right church? I just, for... For the first couple years at Awaken, I was either crying because I felt the power of God or offended, and, and sometimes both. <laughs> but God was doing such a mighty work in my life. So we will break patterns and cycles of dysfunction your life. And finally, we will teach you how to reproduce. Reproduce yourself. See, the Bible says in Matthew 25, let me set up the story here. Jesus is talking to his disciples, who he's going to put a little pressure on. He's going to say, hey, by the way, I'm going to have you change the whole world. Okay? There's 12 of you. You're going to bring revival and change the entire world. And so he's coaching them. And he says, the kingdom of God is, a lot, is like this. A, a rich ruler gives ten, or five talents to one servant, two to another, and one to another. And you, if you read this story, you can go read the whole story. But essentially what happens is... is um, the ruler comes back after a long time, and the first two people reproduce what they were given. The guy who got five made ten. The guy who got two made four. The guy who got one hit it, didn't lose anything, didn't reproduce. And Jesus' response is this. So Matthew 25, 20. So he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And uh, His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. The definition, and we can get the keys up because I'm closing up this thing. I'm landing this plane. The definition of faithfulness is fruitfulness. It's reproduction. The definition of fruitfulness is is a reproduction. And so why do we have a discipleship culture here? Because we want to work on the seed. Because like it or not, you will begin to reproduce yourself. I see little traits of me and my wife and my boys all the time. Sometimes I'm like, yes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. (laughs) But we we work on the seed because we're going to teach you how to reproduce who God made you to be. And so when you get on a team, you start serving, you learn... Uh, we have this acronym. We call it Faithful, Available, and Teachable. And that's how you start the process and you begin to grow. And then we ask you to lead. And, and here at this church, when you're leading a team or, or whatever, that, you know, responsibility step in, our belief is that you begin to reproduce yourself. Make three or four of you that are faithful, available, and teachable. Because God wants to grow this. And he does it by reproduction of his people. And so God has given everyone in this room gifts and talents. Our goal is to get you to the place where you've been challenged to believe the word of God and let that set the standard in your life. And you've been broken free of dysfunctions and lies that you believed growing up so that that seed will begin to bear fruit and reproduce. Reproduce in looking like campuses all across this valley. And so that is what we believe here. We're willing to, and we believe God can break dysfunction. We're willing to challenge you to believe the word of God as it is. And then we want to put you in a place of being able to reproduce See, God's not impressed with our gifts. God wasn't impressed with the first five talents. But when you develop and use them to reproduce in the kingdom, well done, good and faithful servant. And every one of you has something that God put in and and this city and this church, they need you. But you've got to just let God do the process. So today, church, as we go into, uh, we have DNA after this. If you've never been, I challenge you, go. I don't even know if we have enough food, but we'll order more food. uh, For where is our DNA? Um, Who to come talk to? Right there, where you? you Back there? Boom! (laughs) Right here, beautiful Amy. Okay, you talk to her. Uh, It's upstairs right after this, and then just begin this wild journey with us. Trust God. He's a good father. He's not going to do more than you can handle. He's going to walk you through this and get you where you were made to be. Can we bow our heads? I'm going to pray for us. He's such a good father. In order to step into everything God has made us to do, there is a gate. And that gate is first and foremost accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and asking him to be Lord of your life. And so, Real quick, if you have never asked Jesus in your heart and you know the Holy Spirit's been talking to you today, he's like, man, this is for you. I'm speaking to you. And you're ready to give your whole life to Jesus. Would you just do me a favor? I want to include you in a prayer. Would you raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying with? Right now, I I feel like there's already boldness in the room. Who needs prayer for that? Who needs to ask Jesus to be Lord of their life? Everyone's heads bound, eyes closed. Is there anybody in here? Maybe you're wrestling a little bit. You're like, oh man, this guy's talking. Maybe he'll stop. I feel like I'm just waiting on somebody. Okay. Lord, we thank you. We thank you today. I didn't miss a hand, right? Team, okay. We thank you today, Lord, that you are turning over an engine in our heart today, Lord. God, I thank you that everyone in this room that has not stepped into community will make a bold step today. Get themselves to DNA. Get themselves into a Connect group. Get themselves to men women's prayer. Get themselves on a team, Lord, because you have so much for them. We thank you, Lord, that you have created this just this beautiful track of discipleship in your church. So God, I speak over everyone in the room as you move today in a mighty way. God, that we would step into all you have for us, Lord. That you are a good Father, that you have good gifts. And for anyone in this room that just needs a recalibration, just know that Jesus has open arms for you. And he will take you and set you on that course. You are not too far gone. It's as simple as the next step and the next step is just going to dna today if you haven't and if you have then it's getting in a connect group getting on a team beginning to develop lord we thank you for an epic sunday we thank you for the testimonies of the miracles that have come forth from our prayer time and now god we go out and we get ready we get ready for an epic week we get ready to reach more people, Lord, invite more people, God, and live out our best life in you. In Jesus' name, his church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.